genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, another song in the credits at a time. Woohoo! I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredersen. And today we're going to be talking about minutes 205-ish to pretty close to the end of 207. Yeah. Uh, which is the entirety of When the Cold of Winter Comes. Mm-hmm. And it's just more, more credits rolling by and we have more questions to answer um so can we talk about this song first yeah, of course i really like this song um wasn't it written by fran it's called in dreams ah it's called in dreams yeah so it's called in dreams and the music is by howard shore and the lyrics are written by fran because it follows the the shire theme mostly yeah um and, well, not only does it um, follow the Shire theme, but it's bookended, and in the middle there is um, reiterations of the Fellowship theme as well. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. The transition from the Enya song is like a like a Shire theme going into the Fellowship theme, and then we have um, the beginning of this song. And there, there's an interlude where you have the big, brassy like fellowship theme yeah and then you get the second half of the song which i really like um and i think the the um i don't know i like the use of like a boys choir um well it goes along with the uh the kind of innocence of the shire theme right and like the innocence of the shire in general um, and I wanted to kind of look at some of these lyrics because I think they're really beautiful. Um, so it's when the cold of winter comes, starless night will cover day in the veiling of the sun. We will walk in bitter rain, which kind of echoes some of Enya's lyrics, um, especially yeah. the Elvish lyrics about um, darkness coming. Yeah. Um, which is. I mean, thematically appropriate, but I think it's so interesting considering the end of the movie, they're, like, walking into darkness. Yeah. Um, and the, like, the chorus of the uh, song is, but in dreams I still hear your name, and in dreams we will meet again. Um, which is kind of like the whole Gandalf sequence. Yeah, that's exactly what I, what I think of, is, yeah. uh, like, Frodo to Gandalf. Yeah. Um, and the last stanza is when the seas and mountains fall and we come to end of days in the dark, I hear a call calling me there. I will go there and back again. Hmm. Which of course there and back again is the alternate right. title for the Hobbit. Right. Um, that, that kind of reminds me of like the elves leaving for some reason. Like, I well, mean, yeah. I guess it's like the end of days thing. Yeah. Um, when the seas and mountains fall. But I really, I mean, it's so, 
it's sung it's sung by a boys choir so you assume it to be like more uplifting i guess um i i like the sound of like the tone of a boys choir yeah um and like there's just something about like i don't know professionally trained children i guess (laughs) singing some stuff but no you know what i mean though like historically um the vatican like you know they they use like eunuchs for their their choir because the the tone of um a boy's vocal cords um changes after puberty yeah which is why you know they just like snip snip um but you know you can't do that anymore so now they use just like boys choirs yeah and there i mean there's that video of them using helium right yeah (laughs) which i love with all my heart because it's so absurd um if you don't know what we're talking about there's a vine of these boys and they um they go into uh falsetto and when they hit the upper register one of them like sucks in a big old gulp of helium like he's holding a big yellow balloon and he hits like this impossibly high note and it's the funniest thing i've ever yeah, he's seen like, in my he's life. like holding the, he's holding this comically large balloon behind him <laughs> yeah. and then he just produces it <laughs> just, uh, like, and it takes a big like and like oh my god <laughs> the vine is probably like overall more famous but it's actually a clip out of a longer thing that's so funny oh my god it makes me laugh every time um but yeah, no, like like the richness of just this, I don't know, there's something something aesthetically pleasing about the tone of a, a children's choir. Yeah. And it makes sense that they would be singing the Shire theme, something to go with the Shire theme, because the Shire is all about innocence and, you know, their kids. Um, but these lyrics are in contrast to that, I think, yeah. because these lyrics are like super depressing, but also really pretty. Yeah. That was the point I wanted to make. I thought it was interesting musically that the music suggests one thing and the performers suggest one thing, but the lyrics suggest another thing altogether. Well, cause I think the, the whole thing is that it's supposed to be like about hope. Mm. So I think that that's why they use the, the boys choir and the Shire theme. Yeah. Because this is about hope in dark times. Yeah. It's supposed it's it's theming. Yeah. We're keeping it all together. <laughs> it's but like I, these guys are professionals or something. Right. It's like this was their job. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know, and I really liked the use of the fellowship theme interspersed throughout um as the transition between yeah. these two songs with lyrics. Yeah. And the because the Shire theme leads into the Fellowship theme so well. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's like it was it, planned that way. We use it as part, like, the end credits of our show. Yeah. So. <laughs> it is by design. Um, And then when this song ends, it goes straight into some Rivendell music. Yeah. Uh, which is a little jarring, but you gotta fill, you gotta fill time. Yeah, you gotta have some... Like, silent credits are sometimes awkward to, like, sit there and watch. Yeah. Usually the last moments of credits are, like, silent anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to talk about some music stuff. 
Yeah. It's a good song. I never realized it was called In Dreams. No, I always thought it was called When the Cold, the cold Winter, Winter Comes. Because that's the first line. <laughs> and it, it's the clearest the, line. Yeah, it's the most recognizable. Um, So we got some emails. The emails. The emails. The emails. What, what? The emails. Um, For an er- another early 2000s <laughs> reference. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we got one from... Gary Roby, uh, who has been a guest on the show and, of course, is one of the co-hosts of, um, I almost said Lord of the Rings Minute, but that's our show, Harry Potter Minute. And Um, Ferris Bueller Minute. And Ferris Bueller's Minute Off. Which just recently started. Yes. Um, And. Be sure to check those out. He says a bunch of nice things. Thank you, Gary. Um, And he asks, uh, now that you're finished, what's your favorite part of Fellowship of the Ring? There's multiple questions, so we'll take it one question at a time. Yeah. What is your favorite part of Fellowship of the Ring? Hmm. I have to think about this a little bit. Mine is uh, everything in the Shire before Bilbo's birthday party. So when we started this, I would have said instantly concerning Hobbits. Mm. That's basically what I'm saying, concerning Hobbes. <laughs> uh, and I have a great, great love for that whole sequence yeah. with Ian Holm narrating. It it's so it's so quaint and wonderful. Uh, but I think now, after doing all of this and all of our kind of like deeper conversations and like deep dives into character things, yeah, I think that my favorite scene in the movie now is Boromir and Aragorn's conversation in Lothlorien. Oh, interesting. I think that there is a lot going on there, uh-huh. and I have even more of an appreciation for it now. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think before we did this, I would have said, like, Moria? Just, like, stuff with the the Balrog stuff with Moria because it's memorable. Yeah. Um and but I just I don't know. There's something magical about the first fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah, I it's the execution of the the intro. Mm-hmm. Like once we get past the prologue and like jumping into the story. In the theatrical, I like a little less. But in the the extended edition, the the concerning Hobbit spit just feels like the prologue is about like what the fight was like before, yeah, and what the what Sauron being in power was like. It should do this grim, washed out past, mm-hmm. and then we immediately jump into full bright color, yeah, like overly saturated. And by giving us concerning Hobbits with Hobbits with the music. The pastoral shots of the si- the the Shire, and the the kind of narration that Bilbo delivers immediately places you in the movie with stakes. Like that's what it was like when Sauron was in power. This is what we have to lose if Sauron gains power again. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's why that first fifteen minutes after the prologue is so powerful. I just because it establishes the stakes so well. Yeah. Without having to come out and say it. Yeah. I I I see what you're saying, but I, I think I appreciate it for a completely different reason. Um, which is like the prologue the prologue is interesting, um, but it's you know, it's entirely set up. 
And the thing about concerning hobbits and the interaction between Frodo and Gandalf after that, um, it's such a... Like, the prologue is completely world-building, but it's, like, yeah. grand battles and stuff like that. Yeah. And I like Concerning Hobbits because it is just as much um, world-building as the prologue, but it's so much quieter. Yeah. And it does something that's incredibly hard to do, mm-hmm. which is make you feel familiar with the characters before you get to know them. Oh, man. It's so good. I'm... Because how can you not, like... It feels like coming home. Yeah, absolutely. And you instantly kind of feel for Frodo and Gandalf when Frodo jumps off that hill and hugs him. <laughs> You're immediately just like, these guys are friends. I don't need to know anything else. Yeah. Look at this awesome old dude and his young friend. <laughs> it's like back to the future. What a, what a fresh-faced <laughs> youth. I really like the cut of his jib. <laughs> How do you do, fellow youths? Um, like, it, it's so hard to, like... I can't imagine someone watching Concerning Hobbits and not, like, just smiling from like, ear to ear. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me feel happy. Makes in a me way feel- that um, not a lot of other stuff in this movie does. Like, yeah. I, I, definitely, I definitely love a lot of this movie, but yeah. I feel like Concerning Hobbits, especially now, like having finished the movie and then rewatching it, like that first 15 minutes, I was just like, oh, man, I love this movie so much. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think overall I have more of an appreciation for just everything in Lothlorien. Yeah. After having done this process, because mm-hmm. I, I pr- appreciate the set more. I appreciate the, the lighting more. Mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate Boromir more. Yeah. Um, so follow-up question. What is your least favorite part of Fellowship of the Ring? Mine hasn't changed. What's yours? The gross, uh, birthing pits. Ah, yes. Because it's nasty. The Urukai. Stuff's nasty. Stuff is nasty. I don't want that. <laughs> um, least favorite part. Hmm. Do you have a least favorite part? Probably the stairs, right? I mean that's a, that's my least favorite individual moment, I guess. There's there's a there's a handful of things in Moria that going through this, I'm just like that doesn't make any sense. This is dumb. Mm. Uh, like how no one notices the dead bodies on the floor at the entrance immediately <laughs> before they step inside. So your least fa- you're you're telling me your least favorite part is Moria. I guess. <laughs> I love the Balrog. Yeah, you love the Balrog. I love the Balrog. I love the stuff behind the Balrog. I like all the the cool Gandalf stuff that we get. It's just like some, some things that I look at now and I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. Like the, the stairs we talked about, like just the stairs in general and how it's impossible for anyone to walk up them properly. Yeah. yeah. How do they work? There's just like a couple of little things that I never would have like picked out of the movie and been like, that doesn't make any sense without really looking at it like this, which I guess hurts my appreciation for some little parts of the movie. Yeah. But I definitely appreciate the movie overall more. Um, And this one's kind of a moot, moot point but how long will it be before you watch the movie again the answer is we haven't even finished the movie and we watched the movie again (laughs) yeah we we watched the movie a couple days ago yeah in in preparation for talking about how we feel about the movie after having done this process yeah and what are you looking forward to the most in two towers my favorite scene in the entire trilogy 
which I've said multiple times, yeah. where's the horse and the rider? Where's the horn that was blowing? They hadn't getting armored up for Helm's Deep. They hadn't in general. I love they hadn't. <laughs> they hadn't is the best. Um, I think getting more uh, character development for Merry and Pippin and Legolas and Gimli. Mm. Um, more Legolas stuff overall. My favorite moment in Two Towers is one that you absolutely hate. Oh yeah, yeah. You the know, sh- you know shield? what I'm talking about. The yes, shield yes, down the stairs. Yes, <sighs> the best, best. Elves. That's why you don't want to talk about Helm's Deep. You don't want to talk about that. Elves breaking physics. I'm here over their knee. I am like a baseball bat. 110 percent here for elves breaking physics whenever the heck they want. Fight me. <laughs> like Legolas walking on the snow. You know what? That's better than him climbing all the stairs that are falling in midair. I wanted. Okay, <sighs> it's been it's been like a decade um, since I have done any sort of physics problems, but I. I want to figure out the lo- like the logistical like like how how heavy would you say those those stone stairs it's are? just not possible it's just not possible I want to like figure out like the velocity the downward velocity plus the pull of gravity how that would affect everything because we're dealing with a flat surface instead of a curved surface like <laughs> That's my least favorite thing in all six movies. Let's let's just get down to brass tacks there. <laughs> I like I See, shouted shield, what in the theater when that happened in that third album movie. The shield isn't so bad by comparison. No. By comparison, it's tame. The shield is freaking awesome. I'm really pumped. I also um I I remember not liking Eowyn. Mm. Um both in the book and the movie, when I was first kind of getting into these. You didn't like Book Eowyn either? Uh-uh. Hmm. I, I'm like an elf. St- I'm so much of an elf stan, it hurts. Like, whatever. But, like, I think I didn't like Book Eowyn because she was, like, moving in on, on Arwen's turf. But I was always sad there's no houses of healing in these movies. But mm-hmm. there's just not time. But I, the one thing I am looking forward to with this, because um, I didn't like Boromir when we started this as much, and I'm, I really, really am looking forward to re-examining Eowyn's character. See if you gain more appreciation yeah. for Eowyn. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things keep that you, that I think you have to keep in mind with any deep dive on Eowyn is that Tolkien's original intent was for Aragorn to wind up with Eowyn instead mm. when he originally wrote the character. So, it's definitely an interesting thing to keep in the back in your mi- back of your mind when you watch Eowyn's arc. Yeah, because she kind of bec- she becomes like the warrior queen, right? And let's see here. We have time for more questions, right? Yeah, we have time for another another couple of quick ones. Um, and our friend Melissa Lee, who guested on the show like very early on, ages ago. I don't even remember. It was a it was a it was long, a time, long ago. time ago, hundreds of minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> she says, "Hey guys, hey! If you had to name a baby that is a human infant after a character in Lord of the Rings, which name would you choose?" Samwise. 
All right, we're not letting you name a baby. <laughs> I would, I, okay, so that's a boy name. What about your girl name? Arwen. Arwen, yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, I like Arwen and Arwen. Yeah, I like, I like Arwen as a, a girl's name. Um, I'm not really sold on boys' names in general. That's just, like, a rule. And even writing, like, I think boys' names are kind of boring. Um, like, when I'm, trying, when I'm trying to name... Oh, Peregrine's a good name. Peregrine's a good name. I always forget his name is, like, Peregrine. Um, Peregrine Tuck. Peregrine's a good boy's Marriott name. Doc Brandybuck. Peregrine Tuck. That reminds me I of... I might have known. That reminds me of a kid I went to high school with, and his name was Hawken. Hawken? Yeah. That's that's kind of an odd name. Yeah, that's like really cool. I don't I mean, even like. I never even talked to that kid, but I just remember his name was Hawkin. <laughs> Peregrine Hawkin. Yeah. Seagull. Birds of <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Um, I don't know. I was just trying to think of a dopey bird. <laughs> Pelican. What's the, what's the um the bird with like the yellow eyes and it like shrieks and it has like a stupid face. Ravens? No, no, no. Ravens don't have yellow eyes. Australian ravens do. Which I learned, like, recently. And then we were watching Fellowship a couple days ago. And I, I learned what an Australian raven call sounds like. And there's a, there's, a, there's a raven call in Fellowship. I was like, why does this, this noise sound familiar? And it's just like a background bird noise. In one of, the, like, the wide shots on the river, I think. And I was like, that's an Australian raven call. <laughs> the things you learn. Oh, man. What are those birds? They're creepy. They have, like, big heads and, like, weird... I don't know. Whatever. Um. So, follow-up question. If this was your kid, would you name other children from the same franchise, or would you choose a different one and have a whole range of different franchises? What like? So you're asking how much of a nerd? How much? How much? Like how nerdy we are? Well, like you have, you have a family with like this is Samwise, and this Hermione. is Hermione. <laughs> this is Samwise, Hermione, Leia. The thing about like human baby names, like I would absolutely Neo. <laughs> He's the chosen one. Uh, this is Mr. Anderson. This is Jupiter. Um, <laughs> Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Uh, this is Agent Smith. I don't know. Mr. Anderson is the same as Neo. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's you know his his name Are they is twins. Yeah, this is Neo yeah. and, and Mr. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got it. Or if you have twins, you name them Agent Something and Agent Something. Well, no, I would. Then name they're them agents. If we're going full Lord of the Rings. Oh no, you have you have identical twins and you name them Agent Smith and Elrond. That's absurd. <laughs> okay, so the thing about like actual human children. Is I don't want to like. <laughs> they have to be burning with this name for yeah, like at least the first eighteen yeah, years of their life. Yeah. Um. So that's not cool. I would absolutely name a cat like what Agent Smith. Like especially <laughs> if the cat was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the cat looked like Hugo Weaving. <laughs> it's just made of eyebrows. Yeah. Um, a cat with a very high forehead. But I think, like, if I didn't already have baby <laughs> names picked out, um, I think that my my fandom would be, like, a little more obscure. Like, it would be relegated to, like, middle names or just, like, 
name some kids after like Hermione's kids because she has like normal kid like, names um, instead of like what is it like Severus Albus Severus right. or whatever. Or like, like what's she, the what's the main character of those uh, Tamora Pierce novels? Alana. Alana. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty name. I like the name Alana. Yeah, well, I, that's, a, that's a family name, so. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's spelled differently, but yeah. No, I I think a lot of again like fantasy women's names are very pretty right um and then just samwise like <laughs> i like samwise i would never name a child samwise samwise is a good name okay i disagree we'll, we'll agree to disagree because <laughs> this makes you think of samwise game gene that's perfect i also have a weird thing about names in general like I maybe because it's just my experience with my name, but it took me a while to grow into my name. And I feel like um, especially when I name characters too, like I like to um, name characters like original characters that I'm writing or, you know, just planning out like a D&D campaign or whatever. Um, I like to name characters based off of like meanings of names as well. Yeah. Um. So I don't think I would ever just name a kid like, like, I don't know, Frodo Baggins or something. Just because, like, I love Lord of the Rings that much. I would name a cat Frodo. That's a cute cat name. <laughs> or Bilbo. Just Hobbit names This is why you said human infant, isn't it? Yes. <sighs> I name a human infant. A name from Lord of the Rings. It's just such a, like, you're... You're like, you are, you're burdening this child with this name that they, I don't want, I don't want my, my offspring. I almost said spawn. I don't want <laughs> my, my spawn. <laughs> I don't want my offspring to hate me just because of their name. And kids are mean. The less bullying they have to deal with, the better. That's my opinion on it anyway. Yeah. But. I mean, you'll never get away from it. Kids will always find a way to make fun of a name. Yeah, I know. But like. The less you give them as ammunition, the better. Yeah. I mean, as long as we're we're not we're not in the boy named Sue method of naming right. children. No, yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm into more um gender neutral names anyway, I think. If we're not going full like fantasy names. No full Samwise. No full <laughs> a full Samwise. It's just like what is it like? That sounds like something that's not appropriate for this podcast. A full Samwise? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. You never go full Samwise. <laughs> it is falling. Oh my god. So if movies by minute podcasts are your thing... And if you've gotten this far, they probably are. Oh uh, my also God. on DuelingGenre.com, you can find Back to the Future Minute, Harry Potter Minute. Which are both wrapped up. Spider-Man Minute, Toy Story Minute, mm -hmm. and Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, which yep. started very recently. And coming this summer, again, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. So lots of stuff to look forward to. Many minutes. In the hiatus. As always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great Wednesday, and we'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye. Bye.